Welcome to Red and Yellow, the podcast about all things to do with refereeing at grassroots level, looking at the laws of football, speaking to guests and trying to help you become a better referee with Adam Humphreys and me, Ed Connell. Hello, it's Adam here and welcome to this episode of Red or Yellow. I just wanted to jump on here before the episode started to remind you to please send us in your questions about anything refereeing and that way we can hopefully help you improve your game as well as help all of the listeners improve their games as well. It's always nice to hear your opinions and views on things, so please send those in. You can do that via email, that's redoryellowpod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram, it's at redoryellowpod. Added to that, if you would subscribe to the podcast, that would mean an awful lot to us. And then that way, our meandering chats about refereeing will magically appear on your phone whenever we release a new episode. And lastly, all views expressed on this podcast are that of myself, Adam Humphreys, and not that of Football Queensland. Now that's all done. Let's get on with the show. Hello, I just wanted to quickly jump in here and say welcome to this really special episode. I had the pleasure of jumping on to the podcast and having a chat with David Gerson, who runs the social media channels Refs Need Love Too. Unfortunately, this week we are Ed-less. Um, it was just too difficult organising sort of work schedules as well as time zones because David's in Atlanta, I'm in Queensland and Ed's in London. So it really is trying to get a global podcast done sometimes just can't happen with all three parties. So we managed to uh, to just sit down with just David and I. Look, I really hope you're going to enjoy the podcast. I really hope you're going to enjoy the chat we had. It was a really good enlightening chat. There's some great coaching tips in there, some great help. And we just generally talk about football culture. We talk about how we need to just be much more open and try and calm the debate all around refereeing decisions and things to help better the game in general. Anyway, I know you're going to love it. Please don't worry. I'm sure Ed will be back soon once he has finished sipping his Cabernet Sauvignon Blanc. Well, today is a very special episode of uh, Red or Yellow because we have a Mr. David Gerson. Ow, I should have asked you this in the pre-record. Is it Gerson? Gerson? How do you say your name? Gerson. It's just like person except with a G. I got it right. Gerson. Excellent. Um, we got David Gerson, which you may know better as refs need love too uh the kind of referee social media account or business i suppose it is isn't it david that's just gone bullio and does some really awesome and very thought-provoking and very necessary uh work in the world of referee and so we've got a, a little chat lined up today so welcome to the podcast david Oh, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I've been a, a longtime listener of, of your channel, so I'm thrilled to participate oh. and and that we have navigated like 20 different time zones <laughs> to be able to hook up this conversation between the US and to Queensland and Australia. It's It's been a bit nuts, isn't it? Because right now it's 6 a.m. my time, which makes it 3 p.m. your time yesterday. That's right. <laughs> yes, that is just the joys of doing a global podcast. Um so, like, I think really the first question that I've always wanted to uh, to ask you whenever I've kind of seen your videos and stuff is, like, why, how, and sort of what gave you the idea? Well, honestly, it started as a joke. I mean, quite honestly, <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. That, My kids like, were like, who goes no, seriously? No, seriously, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was a joke. My wife was 
uh, putting on a, a uniform, my soccer uniform. She needed something for a movie, nondescript, non-branded for a movie she was an extra in. Right. She put on my soccer uniform and I gave her my flags and I was like, show me offside, you know, show me you know, substitution, show me a foul. And so I recorded it. I thought it was funny. And my kids were really into TikTok at that time. So I was like, oh, this is going to be funny. I'll put it on TikTok. And within about an hour, it got 5,000 views and then it got 100,000 views and it got 500,000 views. And then it just like exploded. It went viral. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. I'm going to do another one. And so over the next couple of weeks, I did, you know, some more videos and they got good response. But I will tell you the, you know, some of the things were jokes, like comebacks that I would, if I could say on the pitch, I would say, but obviously I never say it's just things in my inner monologue in my head. But then I got young referees reaching out saying, hey, I was just, you know, racially abused. I don't know what to do. Hey, I just been like screamed at and yelled at, you know, on the pitch or chased to my car. How do I deal with that? How do I get past that? And so very quickly, I found that, yes, there's a place for humor, you know, and, and a little bit of joy and jest in, in talking about referee life. But more importantly, there's a, a need for support. There's a need for camaraderie. There's a need for understanding, not just for other referees, but for everyone around the pitch, the players, the spectators, the referees to understand, you know, what we go through as referees and what we have to think about and consider as referees to do the jobs, the unbelievably impossible jobs that we do. And so it began, you know, as a funny TikTok, uh, but has since become a blog, a podcast, you know, a website, you know, a, a merchandise. It's it's the the videos now that I put out, like just in the last week, my videos on laws of the game. Like, who would have thought laws of the game would be cool? And I literally reference the IFAB laws of the game in every single video. My yep. videos referencing the laws of the game are getting viewed over five million times mm. every single week. Five yep. million times. That's so amazing. Like, that's the same. That's the it. same kind of numbers that we're getting on this podcast. Just so you know, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> it's. I we're mean, rocking that's, the world. That's exactly why. Um, that's exactly why we uh, started this podcast because I was coming back to referee, and so I took a, a hiatus, I suppose, kind of. I'd retired in England, and um, and then kind of came back to Queensland, Australia, and was like, oh, I, you know, I was kind of struggling to settle in, sort of felt like I needed to find some people who I spoke a common language with, you know, um, because they don't speak English in Australia, they speak Australian. And, um, and from there, like, I just, I, I was um, telling my, uh, like, my mate Ed, basically, who does a podcast with me, I was like, I, I need to refresh on the laws of the games. There's been so many changes, there's been so many this, that and the other, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, I'm not sure I know what to do these days. So I said, and then I started searching and looking and, and, um, wanting to figure it all out, uh, like while I was at the gym, cause I was like, I'll just do two things at once, but there was no, nothing. There was no audio version of the laws. There was no kind of videos explaining the laws of the game or anything like that for anyone who wanted to learn them. And I'm much more of an auditory learner than I am kind of sit there and read the laws. And, um, and so I came up with the idea for the podcast, took it to Ed and, and that's how we started here. So in many ways, it's very similar, kind of like, it was a bit of a joke. I was like, I can't be bothered to read. So why don't we just do a whole podcast about it? And he was like, oh. yeah, why not? I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> okay. So I was just like a couple of things on that. Number one, what percentage of grassroots referees that you know of, uh, what, what would you assume percentage of grassroots referees 
have actually read the laws of the game. And I, I'm oh. not talking like your top, top professionals. No, 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 I'm talking your regular grassroots refs. How many of them have actually cracked open the laws of the game after they got their initial certification? Uh, hardly any. Hardly <laughs> for, and for, that's the referees. Yes, I know. But for many reasons, right? Because one is such a boring book. It's like, you know, I'm an actor, but have I read the complete works of Shakespeare? Hell no. Right. I mean, trying to get through the winter's tale is one of the most painful experiences of my life. Um, and um, uh, that's not fair. Winter's Tale is actually a very good play. Um, but um, yeah, like, and, but also to be fair, David, I didn't read it start to finish. And I got to a very high level of semi-professional football in England um, as a referee, you know, and refereeing is one of those jobs. A lot of it you can learn on the job. Um, but, you know, and, and like the, the way we do courses here in Australia now is, you know, we go through kind of the practical side of how to referee uh, rather than all the boring theory. And we kind of take referees through the initial sort of, um, like we go through fouls and misconduct, we go through offsides and we go through like one or two other like laws that are kind of critical to just being able to manage a game. And and then we, we go, okay, off you go, go and fly. Um, you know, like they don't need to know the size of a football pitch. They don't need to know like the atmospheres of a bowl because like yeah at, at grassroots level you have to have the attitude of kind of any game's a good game you know like like as long as it matches certain criteria i.e corner flags that there's goals and and you know it's on a pitch that is safe like if we can get football on let's get football on because really the participants don't care that much as to whether a pitch is three meters short on standard length or not and and nor should they and I've never absolutely placed out a pitch. Do you know what I mean? So absolutely like th there's, I think there's a really good movement at the moment going like from old to new, which is like old school mindset was, you know, this is, this is our Bible. This is our theory. This is, this is the way we need to manage the game. And that is omnipotent. And now we're going, actually, let's, let's just be more flexible with things because refereeing is a flexible skill you know, everything exists in that gray area. So let's do that. Let's flesh that out. And let's, you know, referees want to get out there doing it, earning money, having fun, blowing a whistle, learning life skills. And, and let's just really empower them to do that rather than make the barrier to entry so very high, that especially when a 13 year old kid, especially these days, that you lose them immediately, which is yeah. probably how you manage to capture the zeitgeist so well, like, you know, using TikTok, using those videos, like, you know, you just found that young market really well. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt. So I'll tell you, there's this kind of two places. So on on TikTok, it generally, you know, goes younger, but the average TikTok user, at least in the United States, 50% of TikTok users are below 30 years old, 50% of TikTok users are above 30 years old. So there's, you know, there's a lot of people on social yeah. media, it's not just young people. But I think the challenge for us as referees, and as the people who love the game, forget about just referees, is when people are not familiar with the current laws of the game, you know, yeah. as they change every Absolutely. single year that they do, it builds a level of animosity and frustration towards referees. I of mean, course. I just posted a video this week, actually two different videos, where there were red cards very early in the game for lunging, like completely off yeah, their feet, it. studs up chain, a tackle into What's someone's that? shin. Wasn't it your fastest ever red card? <laughs> yes, yeah. 20 seconds. Amazing, oh, right? Yeah. I was in perfect position. And I'm telling you, if you could have heard the crunch oh, yeah. on this kid's leg when yep. this kid came in, right? But all of these people said, 
he got the ball. <laughs> he hit the I ball. Know. It's a it's a, a soccer play. How could you give a red card on a soccer play? He didn't mean to do it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. But the animosity, I mean, the vitriol. I mean, people can see the public comments that people say to me. And there yeah. were thousands of them on this videos calling yeah. me all sorts of names. But I got people who send me direct messages, you know, yeah. sending me like very hurtful nasty things to me personally saying that i am destroying the game you know itself <laughs> i'm like dude i don't write the laws man i don't write the considerations i'm just there to enforce them you know to the best of my possible ability and that that disconnect between what the laws and the considerations are that are published in this outrageously dry 232 page pdf put out by ifab which is ridiculous to manage or try and search even through the app. It's so painful. You know, that disconnect between that and then what we have to do year to year to try and stay up on that. Yep. And, you know, again, and, and we, you and I just talked about that 95% of referees probably never read the laws of the game. Yep. And then the players and coaches and the coaches and spectators who played the game 20 years ago and think that they know what the laws of the game are today is crazy but it creates a culture of animosity and frustration and anger and a disconnect yeah that causes sincere problems for us to be able to retrain uh i'm sorry attract and retain referees so that they have the opportunity to be successful and enjoy the experience of being a referee on the pitch absolutely i mean i find um i find I take huge issue with uh, media. I think media has a massive mm. part to play in this and how un, how unhinged they are on their education with the laws of the game is is totally ridiculous. Um, and and I think they have a lot to answer for, an awful lot to answer for because, and I, 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 I've always said it and I still believe it, anyone who wants to be a media pundit on football, whether that's a journalist, like in written papers, whether that's commentating on TV, they should all go and have the referee 10 football games. Um, like that, I think that should just be the, the standard because, because of the public responsibility that they have. And, mm. and if we was to be able to change the dialogue that happens in the television studios, then we might actually be able to change the dialogue within the culture and society. The thing we mm -hmm. have is, you know, like such a divisive, the world in general is divisive, like, especially since sort of COVID or especially since, you know, your, your dear old president, um, the former one, not the present one. Um, and, and, and it's true in England as well, you know, just how divisive, um, the world has become. It's, it, you know, that kind of, that kind of natural commentary on lining up an attack on anyone who, who you feel like you can attack is, is very much undermining everything we, we try to do in the laws of the game. And, and the issue we have is people, people are frustrated that I know um, uh, uh, FC Miami lost to whoever. I, I, I literally don't know any MLS team. That's all right. Hey, Galaxy. Yes, you got Inter-Miami, Inter-Miami, and, and LA Galaxy, yeah, and they drew. Go, right? It was a draw. Yeah, okay, a draw. they drew, they right? Yeah. So they drew, and, and like whether, like, whether, I don't know, James on the touchline in Missouri that weekend you know, disagrees with the reason they drew. He's going to focus that anger, that energy onto the 14, 15 year old in front of him, because to him, that 14 or 15 year old represents the exact same thing that 
you know, the, the MLS referees represent, that IFAB represent, you know, and that's his path to voicing his opinion. Now, yeah. you know, they all need an outlet. We all need to listen to them. We all need to have a space where these discussions can be had, but unless they're had in a respectful and, and, and nice manner and, and, and a structured way that is always progressive, not um, regressive, then it is, you know, stuff like this is always going to cause us problems. Um, I agree. I think that the challenges, of course, is that the the pundits and the commentators, they're not motivated to, you know, <laughs> to decrease tension, right? So if you're a good pundit, you actually inspire, you know, energy and emotion. And so by saying controversial things, okay, and getting people fired up, your videos or your clips are going to be reposted and tagged and your lines and all this kind of stuff is going to be reposted. And such and such pundit says this referee was awful and trash yeah. decision and ridiculous call or something like that. That's what gets clicks. Yeah. That's what gets views. You it say that, not, you say yeah. that, but your experience shows the complete opposite of that. Right. Well, your experience yeah. of actually educating people on the laws of the game, your experience of actually going, look, let's break this down. Let's look at it objectively. Let's try and educate everybody that there is a gray area to be had and that there's a conversation that needs to be had in a very balanced and normal manner. Your experience is the opposite of that. I know you on the other side of your videos, you deal with a lot of vitriol and it stirs a lot of people up. However, you know, the, the success of your channels clearly shows that People are willing to engage in that debate, but we need more leaders in it. Yeah, I think that there's a, there's a couple challenges, of course. I think the we need the, our senior, at least in my country, I feel that U.S. soccer and the senior referee leadership need to evolve with the times. You know, mm -hmm. I think, you know, referees for many, many, many years and for generations, at least as I've grown up in this country, they are the strong, silent type. You know, they, 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 they do their job on the field. They never comment on decisions that are made. It is completely taboo to comment on something that another referee did, and we don't discuss it at all. And so what that does is it creates a vacuum, mm -hmm. and it opens up a vacuum for these pundits and commentators and players and coaches to throw all of this vitriol, which is based in a lack of understanding often of the laws of the game or the considerations or what might've been going on at that moment, why something might not have been seen or why they felt a different way. And when you, there's a vacuum, they fill that vacuum. I feel, and my, my, my goal is to try and fill that vacuum a little bit yep. to give people a little bit of understanding as to why something might've been one thing or another. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's like you, you take this very emotional thing. I mean, I'll give you a great example. And I haven't, I literally get like 30 videos a day sent to me, so I can't do them all. But, and, and I, I also, I'll get kicked off of TikTok if I use like Premier League videos. Yeah, of I course. can't use Premier League stuff because of IP rights and, and stuff like that. Um, but like the Caicedo um, challenge in the cup final that happened um, this past uh, weekend, uh, the yeah. Chelsea Liverpool. Okay. There are a number of things that could have been in the referees' minds that they looked at that challenge to say mm -hmm. it was not serious foul play in a red card. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the referee did not. I think they played advantage. You know, mm -hmm. they they didn't see anything bad in the challenge. There was no direct free kick call. There was no yellow card that was called. And so they they played on. The player wind up getting very hurt. And you can see some of the still shots of that. It looks pretty uh, awful. Yeah. You know, the player's ankle rolls rolls over. But, but when you, you know, look at it and you try and go in with an objective eye, it's like, you know, his, his studs came down, 
you know, it wasn't a lunging tackle. Mm -hmm. They're both running towards the ball. It definitely looks like he stamps. I wouldn't say stamps. He steps down on top of the top of the player's foot, Mm -hmm. you know, not like high on the ankle as he's running as he's running. And so you don't necessarily think about that as being that lunging studs up out of control tackle that we would normally associate with serious foul play. So yes, should it have been a cautionable offense? Yeah. But video assistant referee can't weigh in on that. They can't recommend a yellow card on something like that. And so if you give that explanation, you know, and kind of walk him through, okay, here's where the referee was. It's down in the corner of the field. The assistant referee is 75 meters away on the other side of the field. The fourth official wouldn't have been able to see it. The referee in the middle of the field, look at his view. There's no way he can see that contact. That's why it probably wasn't called. It's a difficult, it's a difficult one as well, isn't it? Because Casado just kind of stumbles into him. Like he always always tries to like, because when you're looking at a foul, you look at like the overall body language of the moment, right? You look at, you don't just look at the feet. You don't, you can't just focus on the foot, right? You have to look at a natural body movement. And if you look at, if you look at his chest and his back and his arms and his whole body is saying he's trying to not make the contact and he kind of gets stuck in the ground. And then that's what trips him onto, onto the Liverpool player. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a contact sport and people are going to get hurt in contact. And and that's that. And, you know, like you look at all of the considerations the referee would have made with that challenge. And it is just one of those that it's 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 an anomaly. Now, the issue is, is everyone sees it as not the anomaly. Everyone seems to see it as um, as the, the constant. And it's like, well, actually, no. Like it's only the constant because that's all you're choosing to focus on in every single decision on football. You're only ever choosing to look at what the referee didn't get right. (laughs) Right. Whereas if we actually look at what the referee actually did get right, then, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at a 99% success rate in every single game. You know, the, the conversations about VAR at the moment is literally just everything VAR is getting wrong. What about, you know, VAR getting it right? Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, we all have our issues with VAR. That's fine, but they are getting a lot of stuff right as well, as well. And you know, it's just it's just the natural mind of the of football culture that yeah. we always focus on the negative. You know, like West Ham yeah. fans want David Moyes out. Why? They're, they're eighth in the league. Like, come on, you know. Like, well, I know I, I remember West Ham getting relegated to the Championship. So you know, it's just it's just that natural mindset of a footballer to dislike everything everything's against you or a football fan i should say and yeah, well and I, I would just want to say referees that, but, where is, but where is the referee association or the football association you know coming out to support the referees and have that conversation because again it creates a vacuum it creates a misunderstanding it creates a level of animosity that it's the referees always you know messing up and missing a key match decision right there or they're always against liverpool they're always against you know they're supporting united or whatever it just keeps on fostering this false narrative I mean, I have to tell you, most of the referees that I know, and I'm talking like 98% of the referees I met have been phenomenal, especially those people who make it to those top levels. These people are like outrageously impressive human beings. They're intelligent. You know, they're charismatic. They're well-spoken. I mean, they're just 
unbelievable. And to see them Thanks, Dave. malign. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I, I think about some of the referees that I, some of the professionals yeah. that I've known here in the United States. I mean, take Christina uncle, who's mm. a, a CBS sports commentator for champions league here and was a FIFA international referee and ref, you know, NWSL and the MLS here. She's got an MBA. She's got her JD. She's a lawyer exactly. as well. Yep. She's now the president of a, yep. a football club. I mean, she's like, unbelievably impressive human yeah. being yeah. <laughs> I mean, these people yeah. are unreal yeah. and and you you just see them being attacked it, it, again it all just goes to creating of culture of mistrust and disrespect and yes it comes out on that pitch on saturday and sunday at grassroots level at it could be u14 u18 but it could just as easily be u6 u8 Yep. And I see it every single weekend. I know. It's and it's, it's, it's terrible. It, it's not, it's not good. And, and I, and I mean, I suppose I always like to, to kind of take conversations back to, to the, the, the person going out on the field today to go and do a game, you know, and it's like, how do you manage that yourself? You know, and, and, you know, what I tell young referees who I come into contact with is, you know, just smile lots, uh, enjoy yourself. I, like I told, I told a, a whole load who were going out this weekend for their first game. Um, I just said to them, like, all I want you to do is be the referee that you would like on your game. And if you can go and do that, then, you know, you're going to feel like you've done a great job. And I bet if you live up to that standard, then the players you're refereeing are going to feel like you've done a great job because that is the standard we want. Like, if you can just go out there and go, you know what, if I was playing in this game and that that's who showed up in his school polo shirt or in his, you know, his... um you know, football tracksuit or, or, you know, however the men are dressed to go to a game, right? But looked professional, said hello to everyone, smiled, looked like he was enjoying himself, explained what he was doing on the pitch. If I was playing in that game, how, how could you take issue with a human like that, you know? You can't. And that's that's kind of all we need. And, like, just smile lots, smile lots. And what you say about that vacuum being filled, I, I tell this to referees all the time. And, and, like, you know, we're talking about it on like the macro level of like associated bodies and like, you know, FIFA and, and, and fair play to Howard Webb, you know, the PGMOL. He does come out and he does do media TV and talks about things that have gone on and stuff in a way that I'm, you know, I'm not sure if, if everyone appreciates it in the way they should, but at least he's trying, okay? Um, but I just say to everyone like on the field, you know, try not to let there ever be a vacuum of noise. Like I, I, I'm so vocal on the pitch. I'm always talking to players, always telling them what I thought they did well, what I think they need to work on. Like, you know, not in terms of their technical skill, but like, that was a great pass. Well done. Ah, I'm lucky there, you know, next time you get a better kickoff or if there's a tackle that goes in, like man, just can't, I'll get in early. I'll use my whistle. I'll use my body language. I'll talk to them as much as I can, because if I jump in to fill that vacuum as quickly as possible, then no one else does. And yeah. I don't want 22 people jumping in to fill that vacuum because when you do, you've just got a cacophony of noise. Whereas if I can take leadership on that moment on the pitch and if I can make sure there's no silence when, when if there is silence, it's going to cause problems, then I know that I'm going to have much better man management in that moment. I know that that game and that moment is going to be navigated in a much more successful way. So that's yeah. really positive. And, and if you're on that pitch, like, just think about that, you know, um, if someone's, if someone's screaming about a free kick or whatever, like if it's a player, it's start, it's either going to start with one or two people, the player who's tackled or the benches, especially in junior football, right? Now in junior football, if it's the player who's tackled, get in there early, go, thanks, I appreciate your view, 
I just didn't see it that way. Come on, you'll get the next one. Let's move on. Yeah. Work with the players. If it's the benches, fine. Let them have, you know, they're going to have a shout. You can't go up and stop them. But if you then go up to and discuss with their player what happened, what you did, you look like you're having a proper conversation with them as opposed to just running away and ignoring it, then that's going to calm the benches down. And it's all about that body language. It's all about how you how you kind of structure your image over the course of a game in those moments. And if they see you're going towards a situation that they disagree with, then they know that you're going to handle it as opposed to running away from it. Absolutely. I, I think the the two biggest things that I that when I talk with young refs is number one, uh, call fouls. Because <laughs> you talked about a vacuum. Why do spectators and players and coaches normally like it, it grows like it's crescendo of noise? Cause they feel like the referee is not going to call the foul. So now I need to start yelling and I'm going to call a foul. And the more I yell, finally they'll call a foul, right? Mm -hmm. Cause it just builds and builds and builds yep. and builds. And you don't ever want to be refereeing scared or reactively. You know, you want to be calling it because proactively what you see. Mm -hmm. And so getting someone comfortable to go out there and you're the ref call the foul, even I mean, especially the, the younger and younger it goes, you know, cause the fouls are not as heavy, not intense, not coming as fast you know, you know, there's a, a, a shove through the back, you know, maybe you could use words the first time. It's like, Hey, I saw that, you know, Hey, mm -hmm. calm down, try and find the ball, whatever it might be, but blow your whistle, call the foul. Yep. Let me tell you, parents, especially at those younger levels, they don't want to see their little six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old getting like, you know, elbowed and pushed down on the ground <laughs> without a whistle, like just call the foul. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is you mentioned the communication, like in those, those leagues, I mean, again, just making sure that you're, clear with your communication your body language your voice throw in blue throw in red you know a firm yep. whistle clearly yep. everyone knows what direction it's going you're explaining to the kid yep i saw the trip right here hey you know i didn't see that you know i'm sorry you know i'll look yep. for it if i would see it i would have called it certainly yep. that that little communication but i'm telling you man those game management skills that we're talking about right there it's not in the laws of the game. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not, not in the considerations. It's so important. It is. And and like and who can expect a 14-year-old to be able to do that, right? Like wow. who can expect a 14-year-old to go out there and have the the gravity, like the just the the confidence to go out there and and say, Oh, I got that wrong. Like, you know, when there's a lot of pressure when when sorry, not when there's a lot of pressure on them. Like we need we need to take the pressure off them. We need to go out there and go, look. It's safe for you to go and make mistakes. It's safe for you to learn how to do this, okay? No one's expecting you to be me or be you or be Ed or be anyone in your first game. I don't, I'm not ever going to focus on a mistake you made. I'm only going to focus on if you feel like you've made a mistake, how do we work towards making that different next time? And that's the attitude I have to myself, you know? Like, I make loads of mistakes out there. And, you know, of course, and, and like, when I say that in front of like, you know, new referees, they're like, you make mistakes. I'm like, yeah, we all do. Like that's part of football. Of course we do. But I guarantee you as a referee, you're not making anywhere near as many mistakes as the players are. Oh, so you can always hold your head right higher. There. And, and, and then we'll move, you know, we can move forward from there. Oh, I, I always try and explain that to people again, the, especially, you know, you're still dealing with those, those younger age groups. It's like, they're going to miss like 80% of the passes. They're going to miss 95% of the shots that they yep. take. Let me tell you, there are going to be lots of heavy touches out there. Don't put so much pressure on yourself uh, without a doubt. But I think it's a, uh, this, this topic 
of game management. These game management skills are so critical for all referees. I, I would say, first off, for those junior referees, as you described them, in the United States, you can get certified at 13. You could be a junior referee at 12 in some states and some uh, municipalities. But can you imagine being a 13-year-old kid where you've been told your entire life to respect your elders, mm-hmm. you know, to respect your elders, no matter where they are, whether they're at school or, you know, out at the park or whatever. If an adult says something to you, you're supposed to be, yes, sir, no, sir, and respect them, right? Yep. Okay. And if they yell at you, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, sir. Yep. And now you're putting them in a situation where all of a sudden this 13, 14-year-old kid now needs to be the adult in the room. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, the, that's the, crazy. The most important thing with that is the adults in the room should recognize like oh. that floor in the system. Like, and, and I, and like, I, I say this to so many people when I'm refereeing them, like I probably shouldn't, but like often coaches and, and stuff like that, or anyone who really gets on their high horse about stuff. I'm like, this is, this is like under 15s in a regional town in Queensland, right? Now, I fully appreciate it's important to you. I fully appreciate you enjoy football and I fully appreciate that it means a lot to you. Um, And those decisions were important to you at that time. I fully appreciate that. However, in the big scheme of football, football is going to carry on, okay? In the big scheme of football, life is going to move on. It was just a game. And how about we just take... Uh, a more calm approach to these situations than a very over the top one because at the end of the day it's just football it's just a game <laughs> it's just sport okay so and, right. and no one is going to enjoy it when you have no referees at all no one is going to enjoy it when we're not able to keep 14 15 year olds turning up to do their games because the adults in the room or on the field are being far, far too boisterous about what is going on. You know, exactly like, right. it's just not, it's not, it, the importance of what is happening does not equate to the energy you are putting into trying to make it feel that important. So how about we just take a step back and just get some perspective? You know, now you, you can't say all that on the pitch, but I love your sentiment. But it's a wider conversation, right? Oh, like, yeah, if, totally. like, I, I would yes. happily tell a coach that at half time or full time or or anything like that, you know, in a really calm, respectful manner in that sense. Like, because because that is often the only time you get that space to have that conversation. Now, that's my responsibility 100%. as a senior match official to mm-hmm. ha- be able to have those conversations when they're needed to be had. You know, it's not. I'm not expecting a 14 year old to be able to phrase a a conversation in that way, but it's our job as the seniors, when we come across these situations to be like, you know, like an active witness to it, you know, and to try that, that situation down. Oh, I agree. I I think, so it was interesting. I had a, uh, I was brought in by an organization called soccer in the streets. It's a free program here in Atlanta. They specifically build soccer pitches under the train tracks on disused, underused parking lots and and concrete. And they create these mini pitches and it's free soccer for these kids that are really at risk and probably could not afford to participate in sports otherwise. And they um, do training in schools Mm. throughout the weeks on leadership and grief counseling and nutrition and all of these things. It's an unbelievable organization. Well, they had me come in to talk to their coaches because I got to tell you, when they're doing their e-license or d-license or, you know, whatever license they're doing, they're not teaching them how to talk 
to coaches properly, yep. right? That's not in their curriculum. And those coaches are also not training the parents or spectators how to behave on the sideline as well. Yep. And I think there is something that we need to do. You know, yes, we can change or, change or train our referees. Okay, here's how to recognize dissent. Here's how to recognize you know, when it's become often a bus language or you need to show a car or someone needs to be, you know, sent off. I was but like, why, why are you talking also... about buses? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. that's such an Americanism. Sorry. No, yeah, yeah. Is, is it the it. often a bus, the offensive, insulting, Offen abusive language? It Sorry. is, but yes. only, only America, you say often a bus. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it like, is, okay, this is an odd one. I know, it is. Yes, but I think it's so important that we train coaches also how to behave and how if they do need to interact with a referee how might they do it in a way that doesn't you know inflame the Isolate situation everybody. or yeah. or you know get the because what happens when a coach yells at a referee you know well then the kids think it's okay to yell at the referee and yep. the parents think it's okay to yell at the referee and it just crescendos and it could start from the parents the parents start yelling at the referee then the kids start yelling at the referee and then it's like it's not going to get like better, but the, it was funny. I was, so I was up there to talk about, you know, this the, you know, the ref perspective and, you know, how to, you know, act with referees and all this stuff. Um, and so uh, this coach starts asking me a question. He's like, well, what if it's like a handball situation and the referee doesn't blow the whistle? I mean, you know how intense those U6 matches can get. And he wasn't <laughs> kidding. I, I was like, did you just say you six and a handball decision, sir? <laughs> like, bro, as if you like, six, I, I, we're talking five-year-olds. I know. I'd be surprised if five-year-olds didn't handle the ball, like pretty much five, six times a game. Ah, uh, bless him. I know it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. It, and it all comes down to perspective. Crazy. It just all comes oh, down to perspective. All comes down to perspective. But you I know. think there's, so, so in the, in the, the, the vacuum that the laws of the game, the considerations that don't have how we prep our junior referees and all referees to, you know, recognize dissent, what words to use to coaches and players like in the match that, that man management or that woman management for whatever that is, is so, so, so important. That content is not out there today. It doesn't exist, especially not on, you know, the association yeah. pages. It's, it's real. It can be raw. It can sometimes might be intense, whatnot, but that is what's needed to prepare referees Absolutely. for what is coming. And then if they're, if they're prepared, then they have a chance yep. when they're unprepared and it's just a shock and they feel alone and they feel isolated and they feel threatened, man, yep. they are not going to come back. Those well, feelings do not go away. Also, I think a lot of people when it happens to them, think this is only happening to them. This has only occurred to them because they've not seen any training about it or, you know, the conversation hasn't been quite as open because because it involves bad language, because it's, you know, a little taboo, because obviously we don't want to scare people, you know. So it's it's it, it's hard. Like when I'm talking to people, I try and navigate it with like, you know, there will be challenging moments. There will be moments where things feel like they're getting on top of you. There will be moments where you'll feel stressed. That's okay. Like that, that's what happens. That happens to us all. That happens to me every single game. Okay. And, and, you know, we're not expecting you to be able to know how to manage that immediately, but by going through it, you'll know how to manage it slightly better next time and then slightly better next time. And that's basically mm -hmm. what experience is. 
So it's it's um it's a tough one, but hopefully oh, my alarm's going off. Um yeah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a tough one, but hopefully um hopefully we're starting to be able to to empower these these people with the, all of these tools to move yeah, forward. I, I think it's I think it's so important. I think it's a wonderful job to have. And I think it's a, a wonderful lifelong hobby to have. Yeah. I, I consider it my personal release. It's a physical mm. purpose for me. It's a mental challenge for me. It's it's a way that I get to participate in the beautiful game for my mm -hmm. entire life. I mean, right now I feel like I'm in great shape, but man, when I'm 75, I hope I'm going to be that ref doing those U6, U8 matches and having a blast out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, I can't, I, I like, I'm so excited to know that I have this in my life and I can always do this for the rest of my life. And I can help change you know, improve, you know, the, the, the little part of the world that I am, you know, physically where I am in, 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 in Atlanta, in the United States, but also through my channel to hope possibly change the whole culture of grassroots football around the world. It's yeah. a, it's a wonderful thing. And I, and I have to stay out of my, again, I love what, what, what you guys have been doing on your podcast and really breaking down the laws of the game in a very thoughtful way, in a very honest way as well, Thank that you. It, there is gray area that not everything's the same, that not everything is spelled out in the laws of the game as cut and dry, you know, <laughs> as, as some people like to think it is, um, you know, like that's never a red or that's definitely red. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. here's what goes into it. And, I, and I, I love what you guys have done. I really do appreciate it. I've appreciated, you know, chatting with you today, connecting and building. That's the other thing too, trying to build this referee support network yeah. all around the world to let people know that you're not alone. Absolutely. That when that thing happens to you on Sunday morning or, or Sunday night or Saturday, whatever, that there are hundreds of thousands of referees around the world who have been there. They have experienced that and they've gotten through it on the other side. And, you know, we we're with you, <laughs> you know, so like Adam, I'm with you. you know, Absolutely. I'm so glad Absolutely. Right. And I'm across, so glad across 20 this. time zones. <laughs> exactly right man yes happy 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 morning to you as i'm i'm in the afternoon here so again i i so appreciate you setting this up and i and i hope we can have conversation again in the future oh I, I, it'd be an absolute pleasure hopefully we can get ed on board um as well which we should probably mention why he's not here it's just i think it's just time zones and and yes. for him i don't know what the time is in london right now actually no i do it's like <laughs> eight, eight o'clock at night so um seriously yeah, maybe nine o'clock at night. So I think he's probably just drinking wine and and, and uh, doing what what it does best, which is basically drink wine. Um, and so uh, yeah, so but he sends his apologies and and he would have loved to have been on the conversation. So next time, hopefully, we can make that happen as well. Outstanding, um, would love it's, to. It's been a great chat, and you know, keep fighting the good fight, my friend. And your videos are great; they're so informative, and and that's really what we need. Like that, the more we can educate the laws of the game in a way that actually people respond and listen to the better and you know the, the more important we can just show them that nuanced life that a referee has to live in every single game the better and and there's, there's nothing bad that comes from from what you're doing and i'm sorry that you know you have to experience the the bad side of it as well as you do it but hopefully that doesn't get you down too much and if you ever need to, yeah. to chat about that or if you ever need a a conversation to help process all of that and just drop me a message and uh because i know how bad stuff like that can get as well so um it, it, you so, know yeah. it's so funny you say that man i tell you when someone says something mean or ugly to me i feel bad for them yeah exactly i feel, I feel bad for them that they're missing something in their life and they feel that saying that to me is somehow going to make them feel better of course um 
because they don't have, you know, love or, or, or maybe they don't have, you know, family or they don't have happiness in their job or whatever that might be that they, I, I feel bad for them. I mean, that, yeah. that, that is my honest, real feeling is I'm sorry that you, you're so upset that you have the need to say ugly things to someone that you don't know at all. It's Absolutely like, right. Really, man. So no, it, it doesn't get me down. If anything, it's like, you know, there's more work to be done out there. There's more people to connect with. Um, you know, there's just, there's just more. So, uh, yeah. yes, no, thank you so much, sir. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to connecting again in the future. Well, tell all of the listeners and everyone watching, um, well, how, how did I find you? Uh, so uh, I am under a uh, refs need love too. You can find me on Instagram, on TikTok, on my website, refsneedlove2.com. And I've got a podcast as well. So, um, you know, check me out anywhere. If you got any feedback for me or a video you want me to break down, you know, definitely <laughs> send it my way. I respond to every single person who messages me. It may take me you know, a couple feet. days or sometimes a week. I'm serious. Yeah. I get 40, 50 sent to me every day. But, you know, Perfect. I try and do every single one. So please, uh, I wish you all the best. And, I, and I'm hoping to put this on on my podcast as well. So, so tell people how to listen to yours and, well, and get in touch with you. Thanks, David. Um, we're Red or Yellow Pod at Red or Yellow Pod on all of the, the socials, basically, is um is where we're at. And yeah, the podcast is going great guns. It's on all your podcast feeds. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, and it's been an absolute joy to chat. And uh, I can't wait to, um, yeah, I can't wait to do it again. Outstanding, sir. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy. You too, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much to David for sitting down with us and having such a great conversation all about the culture of refereeing and how we can continue to improve it. I know I learned a lot from the conversation and I really hope you did as well. Now, don't worry. I'm sure we'll be back to normal with Ed next week once he has pulled himself out of the dark dungeon-like nightclubs of London. You've been listening to Red or Yellow, a podcast all about refereeing, and it's hosted by Ed, past the wine carafe, Connell. Its producer is Terry. I can't believe it's under an hour. Connolly and our marketing intern who helps us out is Lacey. Make more content, Armstrong. It's also hosted by me, Adam Berry. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I can't wait to speak to you again really, really soon. So much for making it to the end of another episode of Red or Yellow. You're clearly a very fit listener. May I gently remind you to like and subscribe to this podcast in your podcast app. That way, when we release a new episode, our meandering chats will magically appear on your phone. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with one of your friends when they ask for a podcast recommendation. Word of mouth goes a long way, and no more so than yours. Don't forget, you can get 10% off any refereeing equipment that you might need if you head to processsports.com and use the code REDOYELLOW10 at checkout. Thank you so much for listening this week. And don't forget to follow us on social media. It's at Pod, And please feel free to send us any questions that you may have via DM or you can email redoryellowpod at gmail.com. We cannot wait to speak to you again very, very soon. Ciao, ciao.